When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of Making Waves at Sea My name is Tom Singer. I've been hosting this show for a long time, and we've switched up the format. I'm doing a series of really short episodes where I'm talking to you about things that should matter in your role in the C-suite or anywhere that you are in your career. And today, I want to talk to you about trying new things. Now, if you've followed me for a long time, you know that for the last seven years, this has really been my motto. I'm trying to get out there to try new things in my life, in my career, because when you try new things, things that are hard, things that you may not succeed in, it helps you expand and grow and learn. It doesn't mean that these things have to become your career or a permanent hobby, but getting out there and stretching yourself, it really matters. See, I spent much of my life, probably the first 50 years of my life, not doing things unless I was pretty sure that I was going to be able to have some level of success. Going back to high school and even college, I dreamed of being an actor or a comedian or maybe starring in a sitcom. I loved the idea of being able to perform. And yet, I never went for it. I never tried it. I, I was active in, in the theater in high school. But beyond that, I was always afraid to try out for a play in college or to do community theater or to go on an, adi- on a, on an audition. But here's the worst part of the whole thing. I grew up in Los Angeles. I grew up about 20 miles away from Hollywood. And I never even explored what did it take to be able to go out and try something. Because I thought, what if I'm not good enough as an actor? What if I'm not handsome enough? What if people would make fun of me? What if I went and did it and my friends knew it and I failed? So I just never even attempted it. And throughout my life and my career, I did the same thing. I never applied for jobs unless I thought I could totally kick ass in it. Well, here's the thing. As I've gotten older, I've realized that trying things and and not succeeding is not a bad thing. In fact, it's trying things and not succeeding that sets you up to do so many other things. And I've got a whole bunch of stories that I could tell about how I've tried to change this in my life, how I've tried to get out there and try new things. But probably the one that gets the most attention from everybody is the fact that at 52 years old, I made the decision that I, I was going to try stand-up comedy. You see, I was in New York City, and my friend who was a comic invited me to go to open mic night with him. Now, this sounded like a lot of fun, right? It was like, how cool is that to watch a comedian workshop their new material? So I decided that that's what I was going to do. I was going to go watch him. And he told me, Tom... That's not what I'm inviting you to do. I'm inviting you to write a five-minute set and get up on stage at a comedy club in Greenwich Village in New York City and try to make people laugh. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Even though I wanted to do these things when I was younger, that ship had sailed. I was too old. What if somebody made fun of me? What if I bombed? And he convinced me that I should go do it anyway. So you know what? That's what I did. I decided I was going to go just try my hand at five-minute set at this club in New York. And I did it. Now, when it was over, 
it wasn't the greatest comedy set you've ever seen. I really believe that if Jerry Seinfeld had been in the audience, he would not have been worried about job security. But I did it. And it made me proud. And, and it was scary. And it was hard. And yet I did it. And so when I got home, I told my wife, I'm going to do 100 open mic nights. And once a week for the next two years, I went to comedy clubs, coffee houses, bars, anywhere I could find an open mic night in Austin or while I was traveling as, as a professional speaker. If I was going to be in Chicago or San Diego or New York, I would find an open mic night and I would go do a three to five minute set. And over time, I got better at it. I am nowhere near being a professional comedian. However, I have been invited and paid to be in a few shows. I think I've done six or eight shows as a stand-up comic. And the pay, the pay wasn't very much. I mean, like we're talking dozens of dollars, not thousands of dollars. But that wasn't what this was about. I'm not trying to become a professional speaker. I'm not going to end up with a Netflix special at the rate I'm going. Now, the truth is, if that was my dream and my goal, and I would drop everything else and go all in for three or five years, maybe I could get good enough to do some sort of a Netflix special. But that's not my reason for doing it. My reason for doing it is I'm trying to learn how to put myself into scary situations and do it anyway. Now, over the last several months, because of my new job and because of some struggles that I've had, I haven't really been into the comedy scene for the last six or eight months. I've, I've probably done four, maybe five open mic nights since last July. However, I've made the proclamation that I'm going to get back into it. And I recently was in Chicago with a buddy of mine, and he has always talked about wanting to try comedy. He actually had lived in Hollywood and, and tried to be an actor when he was a little bit younger. And I kind of think that's a badass maneuver that he went and tried, he, even though he didn't become a professional actor. Kind of am jealous that, that I never went and tried. So anyway, we were in Chicago and we went to a comedy show on Friday night because Chicago is this big comedy town. And on Saturday, we found an open mic night and the two of us went, we both signed up and we both did it. Now, I've done 160 other open mic nights, so I was pretty comfortable getting up. He got nervous. He had to read everything off his phone, but I watched the video of him and people laughed. Was he great? No. But he put himself out there and instead of judging himself that, oh, I kind of sucked, I got nervous, I froze, I, I messed, I stepped on a punchline. Instead, he said, you know, I think I wrote a pretty good set. Next week when we're back in Austin, let's go again. And he's going to try it again. He's going to do it. Now, I don't know if he's going to do 160 open mic nights and go every week, but he's committed to doing more so that he can fine tune that, that tight five minute set and be able to get up and, and make people laugh. The reason I tell you this long story isn't that you're going to go to a comedy club, but there's something in your life that interests you, that's hard, that's scary, that you're never going to be a professional in. And I'm here to encourage you to go do that. If it's comedy, go do open mic nights. Now, when you first attend, you think everyone's going to be great. The reality is most of the people in open mic night are just finding their way. They're only a few steps ahead of you, if, if at all. So my recommendation is, and this works for anything, go watch open mic nights. Find one in a bar or a coffee shop or comedy club near your house. And for three or four weeks, go every week, get a sparkling water or a beer and watch the comics do the open mic night. I jumped into it. I'd never been to an open mic night. I jumped right in and tried to do it. And, and that was scary. But if I had watched five or six open mic nights, I would have been like, well, if those guys can do it, I can do it. And so... My recommendation is if that's what you want to do, go watch a few, write yourself a tight three to five minute set, 
And then one day after you've seen it, you realize that these comics aren't great and no one's going to judge you for it being your first time. Go try it. And this is true for any type of activity. What it's done for me is it's made me a better speaker and a better podcaster because I now feel comfortable just getting up there and saying things. I'm not worried when I record these short podcasts that are just me talking. I'm really not worried that you're going to listen to this point and then go, this guy's a tool. I hate this. He's, a, he's an idiot. If that's what you think, awesome. It doesn't scare me because this particular podcast episode that you're listening to, or maybe you're watching the video, this isn't the worst thing I've ever done. There's plenty of other things I've done with comedy, with podcasts, with speaking, where I've been off the mark. I've, I've not been able to provide any advice. But now I'm pretty confident that I can talk for eight minutes and give you some advice that's going to matter. So go out there and try something. Try something new. Commit yourself just for a few months to throw yourself into a new hobby, a new activity, because it's going to expand you. It's made me better at the things I do for my living. It's made me less scared of what people are going to think of me, because when you get up and do a five-minute set, and no one laughs and everybody rolls their eyes. In my case, I'm like twice the age of most of these young comics when, when they look at me and say, like, who brought their dad? You know, he's not funny. Dad's not funny. We don't understand him. So what? These aren't people who I care if they're judging me. And for the most part, they don't think of me again after I get off stage. And that's what doing comedy has taught me. So I encourage it. I think it's a great thing for executives to do. I think it's a great team builder for your team. Get everybody to do an improv class or a stand-up class together and just make it fun. Put it out there. It's not judgy. If someone's better than somebody else, it doesn't matter. It can help your team grow. It can be something that allows each individual to push themselves out of the area of area of comfort. And for you as the leader, you often don't show your blemishes. You often don't show that you struggle. Well, guess what? You may not be a great stand-up comic. And if you stand up in front of your employees and do a set, hey, you know, it's a safe space if you set it up right. So I'm a big believer in trying new things. And I'm going to challenge you as I wrap up this episode of the podcast. I'm going to challenge you to find something you've always wanted to do and just go do it. Maybe it's zip lining. Maybe it's a hot air balloon. Maybe it's playing a musical instrument. It doesn't matter. Just find something maybe scares you, maybe it's out of your comfort zone that will stretch you just a little bit. I promise you that if you start doing things that are out of your routine, it's going to make it so much easier to face some of the hard things that are going to come your way because you're going to be like, this is not as scary as doing stand-up. Anyway, my name is Tom Singer, and this show is called Making Waves at Sea Level. I hope you've been enjoying these short episodes that I'm doing. We'll be doing some more interviews later on, but for now, this is the direction that I'm taking the show. I want feedback. Email me at Tom, T-H-O-M, at TomSinger.com, and let me know what you thought of this episode. Go out there and have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.